Welcome to Wit and Wisdom, where we bring you straight talk on American culture and current events. I'm your host, Tom Green, and I'll be your guide. A recent study I was reading suggests that the happiness of today's young adults has crashed over the last couple of years. So what's making the kids so darn unhappy? Let's take a look and find out together. It turns out that I didn't have to go any further than best-selling author and professor Scott Galloway. He has some answers. If you don't know Scott Galloway, he's the very salty professor of the marketing school at NYU Stern School of Business. Think Larry David, for example. According to Galloway, young adults are stressed. No surprise there. It's partially a function of how we've raised them. Many grew up hearing how special they were, or how they should follow their passion and chase their dreams. It all sounded good in the high school commencement address, but how does that pan out over the long haul? Well, it turns out that most kids really aren't all that special, and following their passion is a fast track to ending up at Starbucks making caramel macchiatos for the rest of their life. Because no matter how special you think your kid is, they just aren't likely to be the next Tom Brady or Taylor Swift, even if you want them to be. As my brutally honest dad used to say to me, Son, lucky for you, the world always needs more ditch diggers. The problem today is that parents aren't always the best judge of how special their kids really are. Everybody sees their own children as a reflection of their own wants, needs, desires, and of course regrets. And all too often, we try to encourage our children to be more like us. Or, at least more like we see ourselves. After all, we made them. It's the least they can do. In fact, we no longer helicopter parent. Today's parents are more like lawnmowers. While the helicopter parent observes obstacles from above, the lawnmower parent swoops in, mows them down before the child even sniffs the obstacle. By removing any possibility of fear or of failure from our kids' lives, we've created a generation of kids lacking any measure of resilience. And that's an awfully important skill as kids grow older. As a result, the slightest obstacle or a little disappointment looks and feels absolutely cataclysmic to the kids. That's making life kind of hard for them. Professor Galloway shares these and other thoughts in a great book I just read called The Algebra of Happiness, Notes on the Pursuit of Success, Love, and Meaning, sort of like life's little instruction book. He offers hard-hitting advice on life's biggest questions. Here are the four that came to mind when I read the book. Number one. What's the formula for a life well-lived? Number two, how can you have a meaningful career, not just a lucrative one? Number three, is work-life balance even possible? And number four, what are the elements of a successful relationship? So other than being told that they're special and they can do anything they want, what's making the kids so darn angsty? Well, the simple truth is that happiness peaks around 18 to 20 years old. Remember how invincible you felt at that age? Well, according to all the surveys, that happiness actually declines every year until we reach our mid-50s. It's probably best we don't tell the kids that part. So what causes the long, slow slide into melancholia? Well, according to Galloway, real life is a lot more challenging than the four or so years of free beer and cheap sex in college. Not surprising there. And as a result, the euphoria that we experience in the early years of adulthood begins to wane. 
in our mid-20s, kids start to realize that mom and dad are actually full of shit. And they start to realize that they aren't really special and can't really do anything they set their mind to, as their parents always told them. As a result, their 20s can seem like a little bit of a letdown. And that letdown is leading to some major sociological trends, namely, delayed adulthood. As venture capitalist Catherine Boyle recently pointed out in her article at the Free Press called It's Time to Get Serious, the kids are simply delaying adulthood. She writes, In 1990, the average age of first marriages in the U.S. was 23 for women and 26 for men, up from 20 for women and 22 for men in 1960. By 2021, that number had risen to 28.6 years for women and 30.4 years for men, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, with 44% of U.S. women between the ages of 25 and 44 expecting to be single into 2030. Delayed adulthood has had disastrous consequences for procreation in industrialized nations and is at the root of declining fertility and all but certain population collapse in dozens of countries, many of which expect the halving of their populations by the end of the century. But the irony of that delayed adulthood is that once happiness starts to slide in your 20s, it doesn't really return until almost your mid-70s. So delaying adulthood only serves to delay the return of the happiness. Kind of depressing, huh? In our 40s, most people begin to realize that life is pretty darn good, even if they aren't Taylor Swift or Tom Brady. And those with a spiritual foundation seem to reach this nirvana even faster. We begin to recognize our blessings and acknowledge our own mortality. We practice a little more gratitude over what we have and hold. Our happiness slide begins to bottom out. We start a steep climb out of the pit of despair and realize that life's really not so bad after all. Professor Galloway opines that there are a few indicators of who will be happy and who will continue to wallow in that pit of despair as they age. Here they are. Number one, sweating versus watching people sweat. It turns out there's a direct correlation between sweating and watching people sweat on television. That is, those who go into the gym or practice some form of regular exercise are happier than those who don't. And more importantly, Galloway suggests that the ratio of time spent sweating versus watching others sweat is a forward-looking indicator of your future success. As he writes, Show me a guy that spends weeknights watching ESPN and all day on Sunday watching professional football, and I'll show you a guy headed for a lifetime of anger and failed relationships. Show me somebody who sweats every day and spends as much time sweating as he does watching others sweat on TV and I'll show you someone who is good at life. Number two, overnight success. If you want to be in the top 10% of wage earners in the second half of your life, you simply have to plan to spend the first 10 to 20 years of your working career working really, really hard. Those years include a lot of sacrifice, some hard work, a lot of disappointment, and many, many late nights. But that grinding during your younger years tends to pay off later in life once your credentials are established. See, those who establish credentials find some financial security in the form of savings and equity. They'll ultimately enjoy a great deal of freedom in the second half of life. But you have to understand that the scales are simply tipped in favor of working hard in the first 10 to 20 years. 
Now, I know you're thinking that money doesn't buy happiness, and we've all known that to be true. But that's true only to a certain point. See, most people, when they get to their 50s, don't regret investing in themselves and their careers early for the trade-off of lots of time and security later in life, especially when that compound interest starts to kick in. Number three, partnership or marriage. As we've all heard before, the most important decision in your life is who you choose to partner with. Those who derive their happiness from their home life are happier than most who make a lot of money and are lonely. If a spouse isn't a true partner, that can lead to some extreme unhappiness and some financial downfall. Choose wisely. According to Galloway, there's a simple formula to define a good relationship. It takes mutual attraction, but it also takes an alignment of values. Those things like religion, children, and politics. Then, of course, there must be an alignment as to the approach for money. In the proper proportion of love, values, and money, those things can add up to exponential pleasure and happiness in a relationship. Number four, understanding wealth. According to Galloway, being rich isn't making a lot of money. Being rich is simply having your income exceed your expenses. Pretty simple. No matter how much money you make, if your spending exceeds your income, you're poor. Number five, life is all about experiences. While many people believe that money and things will lead to happiness, the research actually shows that happier people invest in experiences. And those who enjoy those experiences with their children tend to fare better over the long haul. A recognition of the finite nature of the amount of time we have with our children tends to allow us to focus on spending that time wisely. It turns out you're much better off driving a 10-year-old Hyundai Sonata and taking your kids on a 10-day vacation to Yellowstone in the summertime than spending all that money on things to make you happy. Number six, booze. In the world's longest-running study on happiness, Harvard University outlines the key ingredient to living a happy life. But more importantly, it outlines the key ingredients to living an unhappy life. In 80 years of analysis, there is one single item that nearly guarantees to factor into all failed marriages, career failures, and financial instability. And that one item is alcohol. Drink in moderation. Number seven, resilience. If you live long enough and take a few risks in your life, you'll ultimately fail at something, and maybe even more than once. See, success isn't about avoiding failure. It's about being resilient when failure happens. Economic instability can happen, but it usually passes pretty quickly. Suck it up and get back on the horse. So that's it. Just a few nuggets of wisdom from Scott Galloway to create a lifetime of happiness. If you know some young adults trying to find the magic elixir to happiness, please pass this article along to them. Or pick up a copy of Scott Galloway's book at Amazon. Remember the title, The Algebra of Happiness. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on my website at tomgreenwithane.com or catch me on all the social network channels under Tom Green with an E, writer. That's Tom Green, writer. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wit and Wisdom. I hope you'll come back next week. And more importantly, I hope you'll share this podcast and my articles with a couple friends and family members. It would be the greatest compliment you could offer me. So until next week, 
Thanks for tuning in. And remember, nothing beats nice.